Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Right Perspective. Please be sure to like, share, and subscribe on any and every platform you use to engage with us. Today, we're going to recap and discuss Funny Girl, a 1968 musical biopic that stars Barbara Streisand and Omar Sharif and has a supporting cast that features Kay Medford, Anne Francis, Walter Pigeon, Lee Allen, and Mae Questel. The film was adapted from a musical of the same name that was loosely based on the life of Broadway and film star and comedian Fanny Bryce and her relationship with gambler and con man Nikki Arnstein. The film made $58.5 million on a budget of $14.1 million, making it the highest grossing film of 1968 in the United States. It was nominated for eight Academy Awards. Okay, won one, which was Barbara Streisand winning Best Actress. And it was nominated for four Golden Globes and it won one, which was Streisand winning Best Actress in a Motion Picture, Musical, or Comedy. Mm. In 2006, the American Film Institute ranked the movie number 16 on its list commemorating AFI's greatest movie musicals. In 2016, Funny Girl was deemed culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant by the United States Library of Congress and selected for preservation in the National Film Registry. Wow. Also, the soundtrack included very, like several very well-known songs, including like People, Don't Rain on My Parade. For some, these facts would be enough for this movie to be considered a classic. But today, we will determine whether it is a classic from the right perspective. We'll do a recap, we'll discuss the movie, and then we'll take a vote using a voting symbol that we'll pick especially for this discussion. But we always start with intros. Kick us off, bro. Hi, I'm Aubrey Wright. I'm the oldest. I'm Janiah Wright. I'm the middle. Hi, I'm Brittany Wright, and I'm the youngest. And y'all, this is one of those movies that our mother loved when we were growing up. Um, and I called her and I was like, mom, did you own this movie though? Like, I know it was around, but I don't feel like I had really seen it. And she was like, no, no, that's not one I owned. That was just when we rented a couple times, you know? So that's why it was around and present for us. But I, I didn't really remember it. Had y'all, did y'all remember seeing this or had y'all seen I, I've never seen this movie okay. before and I knew I never saw it. I feel like I yeah, saw Yeah, I was excited to watch it because of that because it's, one of those movies that you hear about. Yeah, yeah, you do. I felt like the part during the beginning where she was auditioning with the scarves, I feel like maybe I've seen that before, but probably like, you know, you guys know I like watching documentaries. So it was probably some movie documentary that I saw that scene in or something because I was like, this is familiar, but the rest of the movie was not. So yeah, um, when it's yeah. after it started, many of the scenes came back to me but I would not have been able to tell you the the storyline you know what I mean but there mm -hmm. were certain scenes where I was like okay I remember this happening yeah. so I, I had seen it enough I think to that it, it made an impression um but y'all I do have to say I think it's very interesting that we watched this movie after doing Carmen Jones did y'all think about that like our our last episode was Carmen Jones mm -hmm. both of these movies are about relationships that were just like were they oh, okay, doing to okay, fail from okay. the very beginning okay that's what yeah. you're saying no i didn't even that is a connection yeah but I, I didn't think of it at all mm -mm, yeah i didn't think about that and we, yeah, gotta, we, we gotta talk more about that when we get into the discussion mm -hmm. because that the the um the male lead that nikki armstein character you know at the beginning i was like mm, is this a bad guy 
And by the end, I was still like, mm, you know, and so, you know, it, yeah, by the I'm, end, I'm looking forward to, to but to you know what I mean? But, but at the beginning, it was the same thing with Carmen Jones. At the beginning, you're like, mm, is she a bad guy? And by the end, you know the truth. You know, <laughs> listen. Sometimes people are just for the streets, and it's yeah. Right. But the, but a good movie you know will like, like give you clues. You know what I mean? <laughs> I think you know these movies were both at the top. They gave us clues about these characters enough to to get get your um get your mind rolling. Yeah. So let's pick our voting symbol. If you're new to our podcast, we always pick a voting symbol, and then we will use that to determine whether this movie will be a, a, a classic from the right perspective, okay? And we all come up with them and recommend them. I generally bring one that is full of <laughs> just a ton of thought and energy, you know, trying to pull something from the movie that um, represents through line themes, you know, the, the, the key might takeaways. Use the word cumbersome. The key, the key takeaways, you know, or or mm. just or just main storylines, you know, mm. things that speak to the arc of the character's development. Exactly. <laughs> and then Aubrey will pull out symbols that just generally make sense with the movie because they were in the movie <laughs> everybody thinks about them when they're related to the movie and that they are just very logical voting symbols Brittany doesn't really prepare at all and then when we're at this segment of the podcast she'll just start saying random words and phrases and we just pretend as if she's adding the any value strikes. well sometimes, sometimes but like... it's not often it's... sometimes <laughs> sometimes like they strike often it's always. <laughs> they meant to say always, and the description that she needed to say, Brittany comes up with the best <laughs> ideas, and it's fine. It's fine. I've been used to this type of iteration my entire existence. <laughs> well, yeah, I got to be honest. I, I struggled a little bit with this one because, um, you know, there. It, I actually it, it took me a couple hours, but mm. I, I um, I would like to recommend that we consider a tugboat. As a voting symbol. Oh no! Now, all right. So you all remember she was in this cycle. <laughs> the main character, Fanny Bryce, she's in this cycle with Nick Armstein, where they're like running into each other, having amazing connection, and then but just not have not making commitments to see each other again or be together again, you know. And the way that that Fanny Bryce breaks that cycle is she literally she's on the road with with her show because she's a famous performer she's on the road with her show she abandons that tour okay and she says you know what i need to get my man okay i'm not gonna sit around and be in this mystery zone we're generally in will we see each other again when will we see each other she was like no i'm about to go get this man and she goes she literally just like abandons her entire team goes on um a train takes herself to new york to try to meet this boat that this man's about to be on because he's going to europe she misses the boat she misses the ship to europe is she turning back no she's not she hires a tugboat okay to catch her up to the ship okay and she catches that man and that is the that is the connection that 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 is the moment that they're they break that cycle you know, mm. and from then on, you know, they they got married and the relationship was able to escalate. Brittany, and so, it looks like she's not convinced. 
<laughs> it seems like a good symbol to me because it's just about mm -hmm. like it felt like both of these characters were just like trying so hard to make this relationship work and it just seems like the, the, the chemistry mm -hmm. just actually wasn't <clears throat> it wasn't enough but they were but they were both so committed to trying what? and that's what I think about when I think of a tugboat a tugboat what are you doing are you pulling that ship tugboat tugboat you you just little ship Okay, you look at it and you're like, Tugboat, you can't pull that big ship, Tugboat. But that Tugboat, guess what? It just puts that ship on that rope and it just pulls it. It's and it pull. just does whatever okay. it has to do to get that ship, you know, just, it's just powering through. So you're, so you're saying, yet again, this is the Janiyah physical, but <laughs> also metaphorical symbol That's right. that speaks to the whole spirit of the movie. That's right. That's right. That is my recommendation. What'd you come up with, bro? I don't have anything. Because this one was hard, right? I didn't have it. And, and I'm going to tell you what else. I'm going to tell you what else. Like, I like. there's not something I think of when I think of Funny Girl, even though I know Funny Girl as like, you know, just general yes. in the society. But I just, I didn't, couldn't think of anything that would just sum it up for me that you know I was thinking about stuff like a stage or a microphone or the roller skate so you know but nothing that sounds so good that's Britney's list that's Britney's list Britney what'd you you're spot with? on what, what, what's your list you're, you're spot what's on, your list? here we go here we go <laughs> Barbara Streisand's face Duh. I thought about that too but can we you? <laughs> I, anyway. I I would recommend that in general because if we start just using the lead character's face, no, you're right, you're right. That's what know, I was thinking. It's a slippery but, slope. But when Brittany said it, the reason why is because this is about this movie is about her face. The entire movie is the questioning of her beauty. Mm. The entire time, mm. it I, is I, about her face. Well, but um, um, since, since since I've made one recommendation, I recommend the tugboat. Brittany has recommended the face. Aubrey, you decide. I'm I'm voting for the tugboat. Okay. <gasps> and this okay. movie will need to get not one, not two, not a uh, no, but three. It will need <laughs> to get it will need to get three tugboats in order for it to be considered a classic from other right perspective all right now let's get into our recap of this movie and if you're new to our podcast we always do a recap okay and it's full of spoilers because our content is generally old and basically spoiled anyway okay <laughs> um and so people haven't seen the content in a while sometimes or the, you know or they don't want to go see it but they still want to they still want to participate they still want to enjoy the podcast so we do a recap at the top to lay a foundation for our discussions. Yes, shout out to my friend Ashley, who I keep trying to trick into watching parts of our podcast. She's never watched the movie. She only watched the podcast because she's seen the movie. I love that. I'm like, I stop, love that. stop doing that. Watch all of them. <laughs> I love that though, because, you know, I think like I, I, one of the things I love about our conversations is that we start with the movie, but we go to other topics and everybody can get in on these topics. These I are some good topics. Get in on them. So let's recap Funny Girl. 
Funny Girl is the story of Fanny Bryce, played by Barbara Streisand, a Jewish girl raised in New York in the early 1900s that's been told all her life that she is unattractive, but otherwise full of talent and charisma. She has a great singing voice and is a natural comedian. In her late teens, she's landed her first job in the chorus of a vaudeville-like show when she gets fired for not being able to keep up with the other performers. <laughs> it turns out the choreographer had only hired her because she wanted it so badly, you know, and then he ends up secretly rehiring her and puts her in the show and the audience actually loves her. Okay, she does a great job. After the show, a man named Nikki Armstein, played by Omar Sharif, comes backstage to compliment her. He gambles for a living. He's well off and classy and worldly. And in his own words, he's a man that doesn't make plans or commitments. He asks her to dinner and she declines because he just seems a little too fast for her. Okay. But make no mistake, she is smitten. All right. And again, even though she had been snuck into the show, the big boss lets her stay on with that vaudeville-like show because the audience loved her. And six months later, she gets the call of a lifetime when she's invited to join the cast of the Zigville Follies, a famous theatrical review on Broadway. After her debut performance, once again, Nick Armstein comes backstage to graduate her. This time, she takes him up on his offer for a date, and they have a magical evening. But again, he doesn't make any concrete plans to, to see her again. Family, uh, Fanny's career begins to skyrocket. And really, it never really stops, okay? She runs into Nick a third time a year later in Baltimore while on the road with her show. Nick was in town because a horse he owned was in a local horse race. This time, Fanny and Nick end up spending the week together. Anytime she wasn't on stage, she was on his arm or in his bed. Even though they have fallen in love, Nick still won't make super concrete plans for them to be together. He's about to take a ship to Europe, okay? And Fanny is so worried about their relationship losing momentum yet again, she ends up leaving her tour and surprising Nick on the ship to Europe. He's happy to see her on the ship. Fanny basically asks him to propose, which he does, and he agrees to marry her when he has enough money to be the head of the family. That's something that's very important to him. The two eventually marry. They move into a mansion. They have a daughter together. Fanny has returned to the Zigfield Follies and she continues to be incredibly successful. She's completely blowing up. Frank, on the other hand, has a string, oops, earring falling down. Um, what, what do they call it when Janet Jackson's boob went out? Wardrobe malfunction. Yes, yeah, sorry, wardrobe malfunction. <laughs> Dear. Okay. Fanny has returned to the Zigfield Follies and continues to be incredibly successful. Frank, on the other hand, has a string of bad luck with his gambling and investments. He even loses their house. Fanny forgives him and tries to stay out of his business affairs until it's becoming so bad that it becomes common knowledge around town. It's in the newspaper that he owes money to everyone. She tries to stay out of it, but then she does end up kind of butting in and like sneakily trying to get him into a reliable business deal. But he finds out and that only makes him more desperate and jealous of her success. Nick ends up getting involved in a shady deal and gets busted by the police. He pleads guilty and goes to jail. Before he gets locked up, Fanny and Nick agree that when he comes out, they'll decide whether to stay married or get divorced. And when he is released 18 months later, he comes to see her and lets her know that he does want a divorce. 
she understands, you know, and on some level she agrees with his decision. And after that discussion, guess what she does? She goes right on stage and puts on another killer performance because what? The show must go on. The end. Excellent. Yeah, y'all, this one was, you know, I, I don't know. And maybe I don't want to take us right to the end here, but I I found that end to be unpredictable. I, I mean, I, well, I didn't predict it. Did you all see that end coming? No. no. I mean, so are we going straight? You just want to go straight to the top? Maybe we have to do what we want here. Okay, well, yeah. I mean, here. It's our podcast. I didn't see I, this I, end I coming. Actually, yeah, I didn't see the end coming. And I didn't, well, I didn't, know, I, I didn't know which way they were going to go. Mm-hmm. And I'll be honest, it seems like they didn't even bring up any conflict for real until the like the last act almost mm. until you know he start like in the end where you're talking about like he's she started really blowing up and that was the first time they even showed it, it, it kind of because outside of them missing each other nothing really went wrong with her life <laughs> the whole way I don't know about that, bro. I I kind of felt like they were showing us throughout the their relationship, him, um, you know, struggling a little bit to be with to be with someone who was clearly more success, more consistently yes. successful than he was. Yeah. And so, so you feel like that was always the. I felt like it was always okay. there, you know. Mm-hmm. And in fact, he wouldn't even marry her. Because at the point at which they talked about getting married, she was clearly more successful than him. Mm-hmm. And so he had to get his ducks in a row to the point where he even felt like he could, he could, you know, have the, the right kind of, you know, power structure in the relationship that he wanted. You know? So you so you could see early on that's where they were going with it. Well, I could see that. I mean, just in terms, just in response to your conflict to your comment about conflict that kind of like roiling up to the end i saw it i saw it It was a struggle but the other thing is sometimes in a relationship a lack of conflict is the problem you know and in this case fanny was really trying to stay out of his business like she was truly not uh, engaging in business affairs even Mm -hmm. even down to their household her their own household staff had not been paid for three months because she was waiting for him to get the money together you know, she was just trying to like, oh, that's that's the rules he wants. And I'm letting it happen. And so the, sometimes the lack of conflict is the problem. She probably should. They should have been engaging in some discussion that they weren't having. You know, hmm. what about you, sis? Did you see it coming? Um, The only I didn't see it coming at the beginning. I actually was like, oh, OK, this see. But I just didn't see I didn't see it coming until she decided to get on the tugboat because now she put herself in a space of vulnerability with him. Mm. Um, And the very first moment to me when it marked that there was going to be something later on was when the gentleman on the cruise ship said that um let me know if you need anything Mr. Bryce (laughs) and so that was the first time for me that Mm, I saw yeah Mm -hmm. and they both laughed at it at the time they did and I saw you're right right. that planted the seed right there Mm -hmm. but I think you know when I saw her 
I was torn, right? One part of me is like, mm, girl, yes, get your boo. Another part of me is like, mm, if someone is telling you who they are, right? The Maya Angelou quote, believe them. Mm -hmm. And so if this is the type of life he is living and you know that that's not really what you want, then you have to make some choices. So it's like, girl, see him when he's in town and have a nice week. Mm -hmm. And then he goes back to being on a cruise ship in Europe. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and so and they, you're saying like, so you can see that being an issue. Yes, uh, okay, because got, and and not and not necessarily her fame. Right. I wasn't I wasn't really concerned because mm-hmm. she does she wasn't a famous acting person. Gotcha. That was not her. Gotcha. Um, but just the fact it, that she's asking him. Well, well, no, we're not, not asking him, but not not asking him, but her just willing to kind of drop what she's doing, leave her Mm. tour two weeks early. Like, I'm not saying don't be sacrificial for love, but what I am saying is be careful who you're being sacrificial for love with. Mm. And so if someone is just like, I'm seeing you for a week, baby, in New York, and then I'm skit-scatting and bebopping right back to Europe to play cards. It's like, he's telling you what his life is like. Mm -hmm. And you're saying that you want a Sadie, you want to be a Sadie who Sadie is married to a dentist in the neighborhood that she grew up in. Girl, this is not a Sadie life. And, but I also, I understood where she was coming from. But I think to me, some part of this is like a classic case of trying to create something that's not actually there. Mm, um, And so she, so, you know, while I did not want for the ending that happened to happen, it did. It surprised me in the sense that, dang, they didn't work. I, I wanted it to work for them because it felt like they were making it work. But it didn't surprise me in the sense that he has been this person since you met him. And you knew he was this person since you met him, but you made the choice, which is fine. We make those choices. But I also feel like that's why it wasn't a dramatic ending. She agreed. Mm-hmm. She said, I hadn't thought about it until this moment, actually. And she knew that she could no longer be with him. Mm-hmm. So, you and know, that, that's what you're, you're hitting on. You're hitting on, you know, one of the, it's like the big question. Um, and, and again, as I mentioned earlier, I do think it's interesting and we didn't do this on purpose, but it's like, we did Carmen Jones and now funny girl and back to back. And both of these movies about relationships that from the very beginning, it's just like, are is this are you doomed? Like, can this even work? Should this work? You know? And um, and in both cases, you know, the question you get to this question of what is the right level of sacrifice and 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 input into a relationship in order to make it work? We know that in Carmen Jones. Poor Cindy Lou, you know, <laughs> she, Poor just, Cindy Lou. she just kept forgiving and forgiving and forgiving when her man had clearly moved on, you know, and you're sitting there like, girl, why and are you baby, so he invested? didn't just move on. He took a plane to where yeah, he moved to. Totally. He was gone. He, he was gone. <laughs> and in this movie, you know, we're watching her like try, like be so eager to accept terms that don't really set her up for success. You know, I mean, number one, she's fortunate because she was a person with resources. So when it comes down to being able to have staff in the house to help with her daughter and stuff like that, so she can keep working, 
that was fortunate, you know, but the, the piece about, um, you know, we see she's not a person that likes to be alone. That's why she, her, her butt jumped on the tugboat to begin with. And so she's now signing up for this relationship where the only way it can work is for her to say, I'll never tie you down. You can be away from me as much as you want. And I will, I will accept those terms. She also then had to accept the terms of a man saying, I have to be the head of the household. That's the only way I can marry you. And he made it clear that his definition of head of the household was primary breadwinner. That's, that was the, the, the construct he needed. And so again, it's like, she's accepting these terms that, we're, that just we're not setting her up for success. And it's again, that question we talked about in our last episode. It's like, what is the right line here? How much do you just like have to sacrifice and like, um, before you start to say, you know what? It's just, it's too much. This is not a good fit. You know, love is one thing, but the practical business of being together, this ain't gonna work. You know, but that's the thing that I don't feel like she accepted his terms of, Go do what you want. Um, I feel like she still wanted her terms as well. Mm. Because that day she got on that ship, she let him know, I want to get married. Yep. <laughs> she, she did not waste time. Yeah. I came over here on the tugboat that could have capsized in the middle of the ocean on the way to Europe. To come and get you, which normally if the little tugboat is pulling to the size of a cruise ship, they're not going to stop that cruise ship. But they did in this movie and I'm on here and I'm dirty and how she got dirty. I don't know. But all I'm saying is that this, <laughs> she, she did all those things, but she still had her own agenda that she wanted. And then I feel like it was like, okay, that's fine. You want to, you have to win this game in order for us to be married. Cool. I hope you win the game, you know? So I don't, I think that there was a bit of a, that a push and pull there, mm. which for him, I don't think he really wanted that, mm. but it's this part of, I love her. I want to be with her. I'm so happy to see her on this ship with me. And if these are some, one of the terms that she has, okay, I'm going to marry her. Even though that wasn't really, that's not him. His his jam was being able to see you and woo you and love you and give you the best experiences you ever had for that one week. Taking you to museums and plays and horse races and all these different things in the city, making you see a part of the city that you've never seen before. And then leave. That's, that's who bro, you... Bro, what do you think? Do you think, number one, that, that she, you know, Brittany is asserting that she never really accepted those terms. What what is your thought on that? And then this other piece of, you know, he, um, mm. you know, being in a little in denial about the extent to which he could change his terms. Well, I, I think that for me, this movie was really about self-discovery on, on both of their parts mm. and, and maybe self-discovery that they learned should have been done before they got married um, because... It's crazy. I, I I don't think either one of them was being unreasonable mm -hmm. in this situation, but I, I do think she was a little more reasonable, actually, than him in the sense that, like, I get, you know, just from a certain standpoint, the stuff he was saying and, 
you know, like, you know, what he wants to be. But also, Fanny never emasculated. When you're saying the stuff he, the stuff he was I, saying. I'm, I'm saying, I know, okay, if he's thinking, I, this is the structure of relationship I want. I want to be the breadwinner and I want to be the one who, you know, asks or, you know, he, he has a certain structure mm-hmm. and he had his boundaries that he wasn't going to go past, you know, because there was points in the movie where he's like, no, like that's, it's going to be this or not. So, you know, so he had his boundaries, but he still bent enough for them to actually get together mm-hmm. same way that she did. But, but what I'm saying is I'm saying a bunch of things I was, but I'm just saying that he, she, they both bent, but I feel like in the end, like she never emasculated him or never said anything to him. Like even when he was at his worst, she never said something like, well, we could be like that, but you can't, won't get your stuff together. You know, like, like she never, she always was stretching to try to, you know, but I feel to, to, to meet him where he was at. But I feel like at the end, he almost was being, I mean, to the point where she was like, I'll wait for you in jail. You know what I'm saying? And I think at the end, he just found out who he was. I just can't be in this dynamic no matter what. And I think if anything, that was the journey the movie took me on. Like, you got to really know who you are because that's what, at the end, you're going to go back to that anyway. So you might as well know who you are from the start before you make those kinds of decisions. But you know what? I think about it. Sometimes you don't know who you are without those decisions. So unfortunately, sometimes they may take a little time, mm-hmm. but you don't. Sometimes you need those very decisions to tell you who you are. Because, mm-hmm. you know, it's always that statement like, oh, my goodness, if I knew this 10 years ago, well, you wouldn't. You wouldn't have known it 10 years ago had you not made the choices you did these past 10 years. So now, you know. And so I I think about that, like, man, there was a piece of him that because he could have lied. He didn't have to go to jail. They were ready. They had a case created mm-hmm. to where he was going he to be. Mm-hmm. He wanted to go to jail. He wanted a way out. Because he wanted some time to be away from this situation. In oh, my sis, opinion. that's why you think he took the the yes went to jail to get yeah. out of his I, I, I to get out of his relationship. Being... Not so much out of the relationship, but out of the circumstance that he had placed himself in. That is the marriage. That's the debt. That's the all the things that were happening in this moment. That was the easiest way to be able to get away and be protected. Mm. To think that prison Mm. (laughs) for 18 months is the best way for you to get out of your circumstance. Mm. Um, And so I think that all of it had become overwhelming. Mm. His life, you know. And So you don't think he, it's that he lied. It's It's, that's why he didn't fight it. Right. That's why okay. he did. Oh no, I don't think he lied. No, he. Oh, okay, that's okay. why. That's why he said, "I'm guilty." He told okay. the truth. He knew full well. What so he, he was told doing. the truth. You're just saying that's why he did it. Like exactly. I need, yeah. I need to hit the I need reset money. I need <laughs> to. Okay. So I, can, I, I, I didn't get that, but I could see that now that I can see you, that. Why did you think he pled guilty, bro? I thought it was an honor thing. I, I, I thought he was like, I, look, I'm not going to say. 
I didn't do something that I did. You know, I did it. That's how I thought they were. But I, I, I but, but I'm saying, too. but I'm saying, but but also what Brittany has said makes sense though, because it could kind of be both things. You know what I'm saying? It could be, all right, this is a moment where I'm just gonna stand on my, you know, morals or whatever. But really, I need to get about here for a minute. Three odds of the cot for a year and a half sound good to me. So I I can kind of, you know, I, I that's not what I first got, but I, I can see it. Yeah, I, I landed there too. I mean, our very first, I landed in the same place you did, bro, and that I thought he was just telling the truth. You know, the very first time we met him, um, he had a bunch of women with him and he was about to go out and hang out with women and he invited Fanny to come along <laughs> his group outing. And he just told her the truth. He was just like, yeah, you know, I'm, he essentially said, I'm a man about town and that's whatever town I'm in. And I don't, yeah. know, what I don't know what town I'm going to be in at any given moment. So I just don't make plans. He's just, he's just like such an honest person, you know? And so I took it as that, but I will, you know, I also though, I, I will just say, I, this is one of these places where I, in life, I grapple with this because um i grapple with you know that line between accepting who you are warts and all and also you know determining what parts of yourself need development you know you know there's some people that that ha will have like a certain tendency about them and they just own it so proudly and everyone around them is like well that's who they are and don't we all have a right to be who we are but inside we're thinking that particular piece of you is problematic and you really need to really spend some time thinking that through and get to a different conclusion. Okay. But you don't want to be judgmental because that's none of us want to be judgmental. You want people to be who they are. But so like for me, I, I struggle with the fact that he had, um, he had an option on the table that could have essentially given him everything he wanted. He could have continued to travel whenever he wanted and he could have continued to be married when he wanted to be, you know, he could have continued to have all of that. If he could have just gotten over his pride and used Fanny's resources when he needed them, you know, to just, to just not be able to get over your ego enough to just say, my woman makes more money and I actually happen to need some money. You know, I just, I, to me, I, yeah. I feel like that's, it's like on one level, it's like, yeah, man, you know who you are. Get out of that marriage because it doesn't work for you. But on the other hand, it's like, is that who you want to be? And, and you know. Well, well, I didn't, well, I, oh, go ahead, bro. I'm sorry. Well, I would say that if you're going to be how he was, he needed to commit to that a lot earlier. That That's that's what I like. If that's how you're going to be, you know, like it, if you're going to be like, to me, the first of all, he was definitely the one with the issues at the end of the day with, in, in this one, because like, I mean, to be honest, even looking from a, uh, what, from a man's perspective or whatever you want to call it, it's like, uh, bro, like I get everything you're saying. Okay. But she set up something in the industry you like working. 
And like you can, she's she's not doing it. She did it maybe in a way that was a little. The delivery might have been a little weird for you or whatever, but you know where that was coming from. And really, what she was trying to do is figure out how to not make you feel, you know, a certain type of way, and still let you get what you want. And for you to just like act like that wasn't a viable way out of all of this is just too much. What? But what I'm saying is, is if you're that extreme. You need to know that, like, and I know we're even saying that sometimes the you don't know until you have you to make go these through decisions. it. To... But what I'm saying is, is if you're going to be that extreme, you should know that about yourself, and and save everybody from having to go through that with you. Mm-hmm. Because it, it's like if you, because even in the beginning, he he saw he was seeing the trajectory of her career, like as. The, every time they met. So if you know, there's just no way I can live in a world where my woman is more successful than me, don't marry her. Don't even, so I guess what I'm trying to get around to is if you're going to be like that, go all the way then. Like like if, if that's, I don't think there's a problem necessarily with being like that or any particular way. But you got to commit then. Like, like you can't, if you're going to be that extreme, just be it. You should be mature enough to sit. Well, if she does pop, am I going to be able to handle that? Or is it going to throw me into an existential crisis? It's going to throw me to an existential crisis. Right or wrong, that's what's going to happen. So you know what? I'm glad yeah. you came to the boat. See, I, and that's where I struggle, bro. Like I was saying, it's like... <laughs> You could you could be self aware and be like right or wrong is going to throw me into a crisis, or you could say, yeah, that would throw me into a crisis right now. But I want to be a person that could deal with that. And well, I, well, well, it, yeah, I, you know, I, and I, 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 want, I agree with I want both. To, I want to evolve. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm saying, but what I'm saying is. And I'm again, but again, I never want to be the person that's like, I'm judging your choices and 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 the fact that you're self-aware is not enough. Like I know I don't want to be that person, but I it it comes to my mind, you know, sometimes. You know, well, when people I, are I, just like owning their truth. I'm like, mm. well, I think like, I, I'm I'm saying owning your the point I'm trying to make about owning your truth is because I'm very much like that, you know. I think owning your truth. Is all right until you put yourself in a position where you can now hurt somebody else. I agree. It's when it's so, impacting other people. Yeah. If you so, 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 own your truth is like your journey, I'm like, do it. But when it starts impacting other people, like that's what it, so that's what that, I'm saying. That, have, was, that was to me, I, I found that I think Fanny, same thing. How selfish to leave your team you know, to, in the lurch, when you know you're the headliner, you know people are coming to see you. And we know people were coming to see her. How do we know? Soon as they got to Baltimore, the newspaper took a picture of the whole Zigfield Follies group on tour group. And then separately, they wanted a picture of her because she was the headliner. She was the one people were coming to see. With that flash that was catching on fire. <laughs> and she like, abandoned- oh, we've come so far. We've she abandons so far. her team- <laughs> you know, to, 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 to go and, and for, for, to go and chase Nick, to literally chase him, you know? And I just thought, 
again, it's she's owning her truth in that in her mind, the love is more important than the work. So that's her truth. And part of me is like, yeah, girl, own your truth. But then the other part of me is like, girl, your team is relying on you. How selfish, you know? So it's hard, but I think it's that nuance, bro, that you said. It's like when it starts to impact other people, let's interrogate our truths, okay? Come on, folks. I don't know. If, if I'm, song... owning, I'm owning my truth and telling you that sometimes I wish people would own their truths differently. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm just keeping it real, you know, but out loud in the moment, I'm always like, yes, be you, do you. Uh-huh, <laughs> that's right. You should. But inside, I'm like, sometimes you shouldn't. But I think that that's the, I think that that's the other part of owning your truth and being who you are. Sometimes you do not care who it impacts. And we all are guilty of that. And in some ways you have a right to be, because if you're always having to consider other people Mm -hmm. and what they have going on and how it's going to impact them, you'll be running around here looking like a little stupid people pleaser. Mm, got that right and i've lived that life and it's the worst yeah trying to make sure everyone else is comfortable and everyone else is satisfied that is the worst existence to have so i i (laughs) (laughs) and for for me though i thought that all of this could have been solved with a conversation right i was like what where the the what would that conversation be she talked to her mom and her mom was like, help your husband. And she was like, okay. She started making moves without talking to him. Talk to yeah, him. I, actually, I did Babe, too. Mm-hmm. there's an issue. Yeah. There's a, you know him. He's yeah. your man. You got on a tugboat to go get to him. Like you, you know, this man, you've you even right, made right. concessions. So you know how to talk to him. Oh, it was this my, my, my big sick. fat Greek wedding where she, she where they say they make that statement of they go to a big fat my big fat Greek wedding where it's like you know the man is the head but the woman is the neck that turns the head and so <laughs> I always think about that it's like in a situation like this where it's like you could have had a conversation and navigated it the best way that you could and so my hope is that if you are married to someone or in a committed relationship, let me say that because marriage is not everybody's jam. If you are in a committed relationship with someone, my hope is that you know how to talk to them and that they're listening to you. He wasn't some abusive person. He wasn't some, you know, oh no, I can't talk to Nick. She literally got on this boat and was like, so about me being safe. But sis, they never talked about his money. They never talked about it. Because well, so don't you even, even when her mom know. was confronting her, her mom was like, he's in debt everywhere. Why don't you know? And she just was basically, she legit did not know. Well, that she was didn't because, know because she just like that. It was not a part of their dynamic at all. She knew where he was getting his money from. And but, she also knew when he wasn't making the money because she said something to him when he got out the car. I know when you're winning and I know when you're losing. So she's like, I show she knows and she and he knows she knows because who he how he is as a person, how his dynamic is, it changes because he didn't win. Mm -hmm. And so when that is pre dating the conversation with her mother that goes, he's in debt to everybody. She's like, I didn't know that. 
okay, you weren't having that conversation. But after you find out that conversation from your mother, you know how to talk to him Mm -hmm. and say, let's have a sit down. Let's talk. What's going on? I am your wife. I want to help you. I have resources. And there is a way that I'm sure we can come to that I can help you in this circumstance. Instead of you going and paying the staff behind his back, instead of you going and speaking to one of his associates to create a whole business for him and then to have him come into your house telling you, yeah, we just want you to come and be the front face (laughs) because you know how to talk to people. And it's a bag of lies because he knows that there would always have to be a buy-in for something like this. So then to create that, you're creating an unnecessary situation. Why don't you just sit down and have a conversation? And I think that we can talk about this conversation of evolution and all these different things, but this movie took place in what year? What 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 years was this? Nineteen. It was the early. No, it wasn't even the thirties. Probably it was like nineteen. It was like nineteen ten, nineteen twenty. Right. This is not a space where we're talking about men who are now understanding and having this conversation of like, when I put that pressure on myself, I am doing myself a disservice. I'm not going to my partner and letting her know what's going on. That we're not we're not in that space. We in nineteen ten. And it's like, <laughs> that's what? Tell my wife that I'm in debt to people around the city? You're crazy. I would never do that. So to even the to the point of her maybe even having a conversation, that also is like, I'm and not also, going to and, talk and, to and, him and like this. You, <laughs> and, I, and I'm going to tell you the way that they set up his character. I don't even know if it would have worked for real. Like, I, I don't, because... I, well, I'm gonna tell you, Brittany. Shut her down, I'm gonna probably. tell you, Brittany. I I had that thought at one point, but it was immediately followed. Like, well, not immediately, sure, but immediately in the sense of watching the movie that it wouldn't matter because because like I well I don't know because my because I thought the same thing. Well, like maybe if you would have talked to him, you could be like, yo, I got this plan that we could do such and such. But then by the end, I'm like. I don't think anything that didn't result in him being the primary breadwinner would have been okay with him. Mm-hmm. And so maybe and she him knew being that, the primary you know? breadwinner on his like of his doing. Yeah, yeah. On his term. Yeah. Her setting him up for success wouldn't have been enough. Mm-mm. He needed to yeah. do it, you know. I just felt like she knew how to talk to him though. Even when she was, it was worth about getting married. It wasn't yeah, like, it, it would have been at least worth a try. Yeah. You, know? Well, you know, but, but people the, the, from where I'm from, they um well, I don't know. And then he wants to encourage and she's like, Well, they normally are like, you know, Sadie, where they, you know, they're married and he's like, Oh, well, they do things where I'm from, you know, because sometimes people just ask, you know. <laughs> like I feel like her being herself allowed her to be able to open those doors and have those types of conversations with him but again how he would have reacted who knows i have no idea i don't but i'm excited that we're in and try (laughs) try and i'm but i'm excited that we are in a space and time now where we are having these conversations and the truth of the matter is there have been couples 
probably over the centuries that have had these types of conversations, but we they're just not documented. People don't know about them because there's a certain narrative that we always want to be told. And so there are couples that have been, that have been making it work and still make it work and they're working together and it's a partnership. And some one person may be able to have the finances more than the other, but it doesn't matter because it's ours. Um, and, and so it and just makes me... It just makes me think about that and just how, I don't know, us just having this conversation just makes me think about how well Barbara Streisand and Omar Sharif, which that is the perfect name for his face because he was cute. (laughs) So it's just like, it's just a suave name, but how amazing they did in their acting. Um, I agree. (laughs) I agree because I was drawn into this story. Mm -hmm. And I think it's because of all the stuff we're talking about is that this is an interesting story like mm-hmm. this. And I don't want to get, rehash this, but all the way, I did not know which way it was going to fall until the last second, mm-hmm. even after he walked in, even after yeah. they saw each other, there was not a point. It was like the acting was so subtle that until pretty much until he walked out. And even after he walked out, I was like, he going to walk back in? Or did, you know, like, <laughs> yes. like, like it was just I'm just saying but that to me is what a good movie should do it should mm-hmm. keep you locked in and there's no point where you're like oh, okay I see where, I get it I, yeah I see where we're going I and and every decision that was made could be discussed from so many different aspects you know because just like we're talking about she got on the tugboat Oh, that was a great move. Cause yo, go get what you want. Chase it. But she also, is this her dream? Or is she giving up her dream? Or you know, which which one is her dream? Who are we to say what her dream is? But what about the dreams of the people that she's working with? Doesn't that count for anything? <laughs> you know, it's just all of that off of just every, you know what I'm saying, decision. And that's just interesting. That's just an interesting way to write a plot. It is. I mean, it was really truthful, you know. I Very think I think truthful. every every single like person. I, I was gonna all say, the relationships. I was gonna say the woman, dynamic but, between the mom and the uh, yeah. and the fanny. I was like. <laughs> it was very truthful. Let's talk about that relationship really quickly. So it's like, um, you know, what we saw in the romantic relationship was that. How do I? Um, you know, not emasculate, you Mm -hmm. know, and that's a whole other kind of conversation we could have. We don't even have time for, which is like, is there a female equivalent to the word emasculate? Like, I I don't know what that equivalent thing would be where, you know, it's like the, the, just the, this, this protection of, of ego is, is, you know, a certain uh, anyway but we saw we saw in the romantic relationship I think for women that comes down to sometimes the nurturing part like if someone is making it as if you can't nurture as well as someone else I think a lot of times women get that part um as if you're not you're failing at this piece of who is innately supposed to be a woman mm-hmm. that that is feminine 
it's like when you have those pieces of someone telling you these things when really it's all just a social construct it's like <laughs> of of someone making some stuff up or what they think it's supposed to be you know i think that that's where it may not have a word but i think that well, that's what where you women just, can I mean, start that's to like become defeminizing you know, it's defeminizing yeah. that's close to it yeah, but that's like in both cases, you're you're saying there's one definition of masculine, and there's one definition of feminine, and you know, and you know, to push against that is you know hurtful to the other person, mm-hmm. you know. But we so we got to see in the romantic relationship this very truthful push and pull of this the the, the this this power dynamic in romance that we all have felt. We have seen it. We know it plays out. And then, bro, you were just talking about her relationships with her mother. This mother had, um, again, this was another very truthful relationship where the mother in doing what we would assume is the best she could do in trying to prepare her daughter for the world was trying to manage her daughter's expectations. You're not beautiful, but you're very talented. Okay. And that was the message that, that Fanny grew up with. You're not beautiful, but you're very talented. Focus on that. And so again, it's like, mom, are you being helpful or hurtful here with this? Her intentions were probably good, but at the end of the day, we watched Fanny through the entire movie struggling with her personal image down to the very end. She didn't, she still struggled to, to, to look at herself and and genuinely say, hello, gorgeous, you know? Yeah. So these were truthful relationships. Yeah, I, I, I it, this was a musical that the acting was so good. Mm-hmm. It was on par with, like you know, when we watch musicals, there's a, we give a little quarter <laughs> for the acting. You know, yeah, what I'm saying? sometimes because <laughs> yeah, because it's like a musical is a different thing for me. Anyway, it's like you know, you when you're watching, you almost want it to be a little corny in certain <laughs> aspects or whatever. But I'm saying if you took all the music out of this movie, it would have worked as a movie. Totally. Absolutely. As a no, I'm like almost literally like, cause even though the music moved the plot forward, which is something we always talk about mm-hmm. and it was seamlessly integrated, which we always talk about, but I didn't feel like, I still didn't feel like it was doubling up. Like, Mm. I felt like there was, even though there was enough information in the plot that you didn't even need the songs, somehow the song still didn't feel like, it felt like it was accenting what you already knew. Totally agree. But in 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 a great way. So from that standpoint of plot, but also I'm saying mixing it in with the conversation of the music because it's like, when you're singing, when they're singing, they're singing about what's going on. And on top of that, all the singing is great. From, but bro, from let, me, let me ask a question about that. And all the yeah. singing was, was great. great. Okay. Yeah. There's no question why Barbara yeah. Streisand is, is an icon. That, okay. No I mean, question. There's none. No question. She, none. She like, like that's she what you want to feel. Oh when you my walk God. away from a musical, you, you want to feel... Does like, she have an EGOT? Ooh, good question. Well, I, I wanted I to point out. I'm going to check it out while you're talking. Check to it us. out. 
I wanted to point out though, y'all, and correct me if I'm wrong, but when I think about the musicals that we have seen, generally there's more people singing than just the main person. <laughs> like if you, this was like a, a Barbara Streisand concert, um, the whole movie. And I was here for it. Oh, I was totally there for it. But I was just thinking when I think of a musical, I do think of a cast of singers. And um, and Girl, they had- Girl, is 80 years old. And oh, looking Barbara. good. And oh, looking man. good. Girl, Barbara. Oh. And there was a couple of times where Nick sang, y'all, a little bit. He didn't really, really sing. She also had, they had a song at the top where the mom and, and some of the, the friends of the family were singing. But again, it, that was it. So. It, no, okay, you're right. Is this a good, yeah, like, am I right, right about this, y'all? No, that no, it, you're, you're, you're. This you're, was like, you know what? It's right then singing as opposed to being a musical where everybody was singing. Yeah. And I wonder, I wonder if the stage musical was like that, it where the Fanny Bryce Streisand, although Streisand is an honorary EGOT, I just Googled this, mm-hmm. um, as an honorary EGOT, she has the first, she was the first woman and youngest person to reach this achievement in 1970. Why is it honorary? That is, um, she must not have all, she must not have them all. Something. Yeah, she must not have them all. But she must have got nominated for something. That mm. she didn't get her. Yeah. You know, that would Definitely have. doesn't need to be honorary, honey. But, it, well, you got to win them all. To, you know, right. there's no way around that. Yeah. But but I, you just asked me something. Or just said something. Well, just no, say? I was just pointing out that normally. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, normally in our wanted... musicals, you have a cast of people that are singing. I just, want, I just wanted to movie, comment on that. It was Barbara Streisand singing every song. And again, I loved it. I didn't miss it. Until I'm I was reflecting. So, I'm so, like, that's so obvious that I'm surprised I didn't catch that. I didn't catch it at first. Like, 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 that's obvious. You know, but it was just, there were other people involved in her musical numbers. But kinda. it was her. Kinda. But it was her. It was definitely her. And I think, wow, that's interesting. Because mm-hmm. I, I, I think that I was really just being impressed with how talented she was that you're just right, sis. Maybe it's right. You're very right. Okay, very at right. the Tonys, she has a special award, Star of the Decade, 1970. Maybe that's why that's probably it's why an it honorary ego. Yeah. Because yeah, these other ones are like Lifetime Achievement Awards. Yeah. She got them for albums, the Oscars, you know, Best Original Song, Best Actress for Funny Girl, Emmy. Yeah, the, special, the special award. Is that's a is. good guess, sis. Yeah. yeah. I'm not, I, that that I'm not sure, but that's on uh, that, that's almost Oprah Daily. Yeah. I was looking at that, but um, that was, because yeah, she's amazing. So, but, so yeah, it, 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 it was all of her performances were so good. on point. But yeah, I guess there is a discussion to have because I'm thinking like, yeah, this is this is what a musical is all about, and I'm like, mm, but well, as soon as you said that, it snapped it into a different perspective. Because mm-hmm. yeah, and but, even and even and again, I, and I think we've been interrogating this aspect of our our definition of musical. But early on, um, you know, like if you listen to our season one um, podcast, part of our criteria for a musical was like dancing. 
you know, and we just expected a certain level of dancing and a certain level of music. And in both cases, it was a lot of people dancing, like a good amount of cast dancing with, at a quality level and a good amount of cast singing at a quality level. If we were to take that criteria and apply it to this movie, you know, there were some funny physical performances, you know, like um, when she sings on roller skates with the ensemble um, of her original vaudeville show, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but where was the dancing? Again, just in terms of our there definition. Were, there were a couple of good numbers. Mm -hmm. were, but, they, but they were the kind where it was like, she was on stage performing as opposed to it being what we have considered required in the past, which is that spontaneous. They break out into <laughs> totally to at the salary along. Right. I got you. I got you. Right. Cause you remember even we were, I think, was it singing in the rain that we were like, mm, a lot of the performances was them actually performing. Yeah. Um, and it was the same thing. I, with don't, white know. Christmas. Was it I, I don't know if it was white singing Christmas. In the rain. Right. It was white Christmas. White Christmas. Too. It was. White Christmas. It was white Christmas. I, I do remember. It was because he was singing in the rain. Yeah, because okay. he, he, he was out on he the. Was out in the he rain. was out the, in the, the rain, but they were also they were number. making a show. Remember, it's singing in the rain. Yeah. They were making a show. Yeah, yeah and yeah, so yeah. we were like, no, but mm, yes, yes. Do those scenes count? Because they were actually performing, not singing in the music. Or Shania, I see what you're saying. I think though, so I looked up the I definition of musical <laughs> and as a noun, it says a, noun, it a play or movie in which singing and dancing play an essential part. Musicals developed from light opera in the early 20th century. Mm. So I feel like if there, all these things we're talking about, music is still an essential part, no matter how. They, they said music in and that. dancing. In your the definition you just read, they said music and dancing. No, I was saying it's an essential part, but I think it, it doesn't matter how it gets in there. <laughs> it's in there, right? But, 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 like, but we, but we talk about what we think. <laughs> right. For some, hey. that may be the definition of that, a musical. Yeah, we, we, <laughs> we tell them it's true. We, we try to figure out what we think. It's totally. true. And I... And I'm just saying it's interesting. Yeah. Because you're making some good points. But and I I'm didn't just feel any question. of these points. I'm not asserting, I'm not asserting an opinion that says it's not a But they are valid questions. Let me valid. let you know Barbara Streisand can sing to me all day. And I see that. I see that, Barbara Streisand. You're just saying. Listen. You're just saying to me all day, Barbara Streisand. Some of those parts in her songs, I said, oh come through that was a little gospel run that was happening well, in can, certain can parts I, of that song every genre I, she was jazzy I, okay she was every genre of this thing she did it she was the happy songs she was the sad songs she was the songs that moved the storyline along they weren't happy or sad they were just telling you what was going the narrative song can i tell she did you all the songs. can i tell you the, the, the human brain is just so funny because everything you're saying is right okay but i am not gonna lie and say I thought any of those things during this movie. <laughs> that and one I'm just time saying, was after I thought I'm about saying, it. That I'm one just saying, I'm just saying, I think she's just such a big star. She's so good. That she just overwhelms all of that stuff that you would normally <laughs> You think. would be like, why do all... we want anybody else to even sing? Who even yeah. cares? <laughs> 
they this was not their story yeah this was not their story no i don't care um other singers then who needs them now something i did want to bring up which um you know it's not like this essential part to the movie but i wanted to call it out was oh one thing i did want to say about the mother and her friends (laughs) i was cracking up that part where they were having a conversation where she was like, yeah, normally Fanny is in her room and she's not doing anything. He said, she's been out everywhere all this mm-hmm. week. And they were like, well, what do you think? She and they were like, like, she got a man. And they were like, well, who? And she plucked them cards to show him. I was cracking up. Because I said, this is so real life. It's so this real. is so real life. It's real. so real. Um, one thing I appreciated in this movie, they had Emma, who was her assistant, and they did not have Emma speaking in a, a slavery tone. <laughs> it's something that was like, yeah, I was doing something. It it was none of that. Yeah. And they spoke- had black, they had black and white service people yeah. throughout the movie they yeah. did yeah. and i just thought that that was real life mm-hmm. i thought that i appreciated that it felt very real because mm-hmm. i was and, just like and respectful and still it was done it was done like yeah. it was it was still appropriate was to the done. time yeah. the way the time would be but being like a night like yeah i just appreciated that emma was you know just a, a human that was this um, uh, bar, dealing with her circumstance like everybody else, right? And just like, know, and, and successful in certain that's exactly she's traveling too. She's the, traveling, yeah. again. She, she yeah. was yet another her. person that Fanny abandoned when she just hopped on the boat. I'm like, Fanny, yo, yo it's just so she funny. Because her job, I thought, <laughs> look, here's, here's the funny thing because I really enjoyed this movie, but I also am now realizing how deep it is because like even all these topics that you see Janai just went back to her topic again. Janai's the middle child, if y'all don't remember. So she went back to that topic she had yeah, brought up earlier. Used to but, not being heard, yep. But oh, the point oh, but oh, the oh, point oh, is is not that being heard or doing all, much. all of these <laughs> little uh <laughs> things that we're talking about to spin off in the 10 hour conversation. Like no. all these little and that's I'm just saying that makes the movie enjoyable on a just emotional level. But when you're thinking about how the story was written, this is just a really deep movie from all these. And, and y'all, that about. that's a great segue for me to give us some trivia yeah. before we go to the vote, y'all. Because, um, bro, you talking about how all of this is deep, yeah. okay? Y'all, this was loosely based on the life of the real Fanny Bryce. Let me tell y'all a little bit about the truth here. Speak okay. On. So, um, and I'm just going to read from, um, I pulled some trivia from um, actually like a Barbara Streisand archives website. Okay. And it says the musical suggests that Arnstein was a classy gambler who turned to crime because he didn't want to live on Fanny's money. Bull. The real Nick happily sponged off Fanny for her, their entire marriage. He was also a blatant embezzler. Before meeting Fanny, he had already been arrested for swindling in three European countries. Shortly after they met, he was jailed for wiretapping. Um, you know, he was a common a common criminal. 
Um, and also in the movie, coming up in here all with this, these, this dark hair and these dark eyes, <laughs> in saying the all movie, this stuff, giving speckled eggs. You know what? <laughs> yeah, in the movie, his big mistake was selling phony bonds, but in real life. He was part of a gang that sold $5 million worth of Wall Street securities. And I did a little translating. $5 million in 1920, okay, which is when it happened. That's huge. Today is worth $75,210,000. So that is- Wait, what? He was a part of a gang that sold- You said 500 million. No, no. He they stole five million dollars in 1920. Five million. Okay. Yes, okay. and five million right in 1920 is today million has the buying right power of $75,210,000. But guess what? Million. That yeah, that's 75. Yeah. yeah, that's right. And and in the movie, he like turns himself in. I did it, I did it. Okay. But in real life, he didn't turn himself in, he went into hiding for four months. <laughs> leaving Fanny to face intense press and police harassment while giving birth to their second child, William. Francis was their first. They had a second child named William. And then when Nick finally surrendered to the authorities, you know, he didn't plead guilty. He fought the charges on every possible technicality for four years. And then he was finally thrown into court for 14 months and into, into a, a prison for 14 months. Now, can I, can I talk right here, please? That doesn't surprise <laughs> me at all. Is, it, is this the breaking point, Ron? That's, I, I, I the, just general, say, the general point is, y'all, I, I want people to just really know that this was loosely based on the actual and story. And by loosely, not at all. Because the actual story was much more dramatic. <laughs> they used the names. And gut-wrenching <laughs> for, for Fanny. Well, well I mean, Fanny was probably similar to the type of person and saying, because she was a really good person, I feel like. And I feel like that, this is what I'm trying to say. It's interesting you're saying that. It's interesting you're saying that, Janai, because the only part of the movie, and this didn't take away from the enjoyment for me, but the only part that didn't feel like it made sense was Ricky. I mean, I know, what's his name? Uh, Nick. Nick, 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 it's just some of his decisions didn't feel congruent. You know, like, like they didn't feel like because on one side they would make him this honorable stand-up guy, but if you're like that, you know, she's trying to work with you, and 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 it just seems like an honorable stand-up guy would see that she's not trying to hurt you, bro. She's trying to help you, you know, in, in this particular circumstance. But the other side of it is they try to show him as this, like, hustler dude, right? But then he doesn't want to mooch off his wife. Like, I'm just saying those things kind of but were these... a little not matching for me. Not, not that it threw me way off. I'm just saying. Yeah, it was yeah. like. I'm just saying, if you're that type of dude, either like there are decisions that don't. Yeah, the real me. the real arm scene seems like a a little bit more believable. If you're in these, Janai, streets, that is it. That if you're one, in these just, streets, and I'm just saying when you, you just explained you it. Do. Yeah, I'm like, okay, now they were trying to soften down <laughs> how this you know played out. But that's exactly what I was saying at the beginning. Like, 
you know the type of person you are. We were seeing that in certain ways. I want you and dying and I'm gone. Like and I'm telling you flat out, I'm leaving. I'm leaving. Like yep. he's he he has he wasn't pretending who he was. But yep. the the three things you said, bro, that are subjective are the words good, honorable, and stand up. Yeah. And the reason why I say that is because so there was someone that I met recently that was just saying all the time, well, I'm a good person. I'm a good person. And I'm sitting here like, but I'm literally watching you do and say and be in terrible ways. These, these ways that are bad. So I think that sometimes when it's like, well, what does good person mean? I think sometimes well, let, people are like good people. Cause let, I used to say it all let, the let, time. Let, let me be clear. Like, not, I want you to finish your, but I want you to know where I'm coming from. Mm -hmm. I wasn't really, I, the point I was trying to make was. No, was, I understood your point. Okay. I'm not, I, yeah, I'm not putting any words in your mouth at all. I'm not putting any words in your mouth. I, I'm just thinking of those words though that we use often to describe people that we think are, you know, in some way that I think you can give them a level of trust is, is, is maybe the best way to say it. And, and they're all subjective and, terms. They and really they are. are because it's just like, dang, like I'm, I, I want to say, yeah, you're honorable because you're, you're telling the truth. You're telling the truth that I am not like a stay around person. I might be here. I might be there. I'm in the town. I'm in, you're telling me the truth. But then it's like, but you're still entering into a marriage knowing this truth about yourself. And so I just, um, I get, I get concerned a lot of times because I am the person that has always been like, why can't good people find good people? But the truth of the matter is, it's one of those things where every villain has a story. Like you, like, I, that's why I love the movie Joker, the more recent one with um, Bohemian. Uh, Yokim, I can't now remember his name right now, but the more recent Joker movie. <laughs> you didn't mess it up name? so bad. Phoenix. 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 Would, would, yep, him. So listen, <laughs> you got a chance to see that the way they made how Joker became this crazy psychopath. But he was not always like that. But there were these series of events that I was like, okay, I see why you what broke you so um so so at any rate i just i think about that just that conversation and one last thing i do want to say is that at the end was really gut-wrenching to hear her as he was leaving and he called before he went to jail and he called her um his funny girl and that really watching Barbara Streisand well watching um Bryce's character process through that that was like oh that's you see me like everybody else sees me I'm I'm the funny girl I, I thought that it was more I thought it was other maybe not and so I just I wanted to point that out because we didn't talk about a lot what this movie was also talking about was about beauty standards and about what that means and about where that can get you and where it won't get you and how someone who is not the stereotype of what beauty is has to do so much like I don't have to be beautiful but I have to be able to sing 
dance, twirl, jump off a stage, jump back on, roller skate, do all these different things, fly into the air, all this different stuff just to get an opportunity because I'm not this standard of beauty that switches all the time. So anyway, I just wanted to make sure we named that a little bit before um, we move to where I feel like we're naturally moving to, which is, is this a classic or not? Yeah, yeah, take it to the vote, bro. Well, I'm gonna tell you, I love this movie. The, uh, and I just wanna be balanced in the sense of, I've really enjoyed this movie straight through. I do think the points Janai made about not a lot of people thinking and dancing not in the actual seats are definitely things that we'll discuss whether or not this is a musical in my brain or a Barbara Streisand movie with her singing, which is, <laughs> well, you Both. know, but, but either way, and, and as far as I really felt like it was almost the only part of the movie that was a little off for me is his decisions didn't always make sense to me relative to who they were showing. And I feel like now that Jadon told about how this, who this was really based on, it's like, oh, that dude made sense. They, but you can't, but I mean, that was a little extreme for what we're trying to <laughs> do here. So I get it. So that, the point I want to say is that made me kind of like the movie a little more in the sense of, I understand now that they were what source material they were dealing with. And that wasn't necessarily, you know, the feeling I wanted to feel. I don't I didn't want to see some full on, you know, uh, dude was being bad to her all the time. I didn't want to see that, you know? So I'm just saying, I enjoyed this movie all the way through and I, it definitely gets my talk about. Yeah. I, you know, I also enjoyed this movie the whole way through. Yeah. And again, it was after the movie that I started questioning, did it meet the, the criteria that right, was right, previously right. used? Because in the moment, and this movie, for the record, y'all, is two and a half hours, I think. It was that two and a half hours, y'all? Mm -hmm. And you didn't feel that. I didn't feel Two it, and a half hours because of how well-written it was. And again, Barbara Streisand starts singing to you and you're like, oh my gosh. Um, and... Um, you know, and I will just say, I personally really identified with the the Fanny Bryce character, you know? Um, and so it just felt very truthful for to me, you know, this experience of, you know, being a woman that's doing her thing. And then because you're good at it or whatever, um, there's pressure on you to, to, to be different from who you are in some way to make other people comfortable. And then, um, you know, I also can identify with the piece of things that is about like, um, you know, this, this push and pull between, um, you know, appreciating your family, you know, and, and friends and loved ones for trying to ground you in the best way they know how, but also needing to grapple with the fact that some of that messaging might be really harmful. And even though people are sharing their truth about things, it, it it may not be helpful for people to tell you their understanding of beauty or their understanding of a healthy relationship dynamic. You, it, 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 just grappling with that. And that's what she was doing. Um, so it just, there was just so much truth in it for me, you know? And I guess the last thing I'll say is um, I was so happy to understand that this was a biopic 
because um, it gave me a chance to under to learn about Fanny Bryce. And I'm going to say one thing they didn't oversell or, or get to a lot, you know, to, you know, off truth about in the, in the movie is the talent of the real Fanny Bryce. Mm. She was apparently y'all a force to be reckoned with. Now she didn't come from a struggling poverty background. Um, she actually, her family was, was, was fine. They owned multiple saloons and she actually got discovered pretty young, you know, so she didn't have the crisis of how do I get in and, and am I good enough that the, that the, the movie character had, but, um, she all, apparently she was just killing it in terms of film Broadway and also as a comedian and her singing, apparently all very good. So I appreciated the movie invited me into learning her story too. So. No, those too. are just I'm some of the reasons after, after it's worth it she's very yeah. interesting you know um and how a person can be so professionally successful and have fraught romantic relationships the follow-up movie funny lady which we didn't watch Brittany found out about it i didn't know about it that movie is about another one of her relationships which apparently was dramatic mm. so uh anyway but for the, all those reasons this movie does get my tugboat you know, it just felt truthful to me and I enjoyed the ride. Well, I will say um, I enjoyed this movie while I was watching it. Uh, for me, it was just a nice movie showing uh, and giving space to awkward women. We're not all running around here looking like the 5% of the world that they represent. <laughs> the rest of us, the 95% of us are just running around here looking normal, trying to make it and trying to figure it out. That's it. And um, I appreciate a movie celebrating that um, in some way, shapes, or form. You know, you're not always going to make the best decisions. You're not always going to get in spaces and being around the best people, but you are living your life. And so I just I just appreciated this this awkward woman walking about and having a good time, being kind to people, um, exploring her talents, falling in love learning, growing, falling out of love, or realizing that something, this was not no longer serving what she needed and moving forward. Um, and I just, Barbara Streisand, I always knew that she was great. Like there, there was never a, a doubt in my mind, but getting a chance to watch this mm. and really pay attention, yes, her level of talent, oh. is, it's amazing. So at any rate, it absolutely gets my tugboat. Man, y'all. Yeah. I can I'm excited for us to give mommy this update to let her know that Funny Girl That's is right. a classic from the right perspective. <laughs> this was a fun one, bro. And yeah, this was a fun one. Oh gosh. Can't wait to see what all the comments are about this movie, you know? Because there's a yeah. lot of controversy here to talk through. Yeah. So all right. Well, I love y'all. Love y'all. Thank you for tuning in, everybody. Bye. Have a good day. Bye. Bye.